if, it's not a maybe, it will. If you have faith and you believe, it's going to happen here today. But I'm just so grateful to feel the presence of God, the privilege we have to feel it, to feel Jesus in this atmosphere. And I, I, was, I was there sitting there thinking, God, even if I don't preach, that'd be all right. If you just begin to flow and move and have your way, that'd be absolutely all right because the reality is for eternity, we're going to worship God and feel his presence. The Bible says there'll be no light because he is the light of heaven. And so I, I just can't wait to get there. I don't know about you. Some of you might be cringing at that thought, but I can't wait to be there. There's nothing in this world that's good enough for me to stay here. There's nothing in this world that's good enough for me to go to hell over. I just can't wait to get where Jesus is, where there'll be no sorrow, there'll be no sickness, there'll be no pain, there'll be no, no none of the tragedy that we feel. And Jesus will be who we worship, who we glorify. It'll be all about him for eternity, and I can't wait for that day. And so I'm grateful to get to just feel a little taste of that this morning. How many of you are excited about what we felt a moment ago and what Jesus is going to do here today? I want to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 18. As you're opening your Bibles to Luke 18, I want to thank your pastor and honor him. And you can continue playing the keyboard if that'd be all right. Thank you so much. Plugs everyone else in. Keeps them, keeps them plugged in to what I'm saying. Thank you. I want to honor your pastor for the privilege to be here. It is such an honor to get to be with him, be at this church. Um, you know, I, I want to tell you something, and I'm not going to try to take a whole long time with preliminaries, but I'm stalling, giving you time to look for the scripture, okay? Luke chapter 18 is in the New Testament. All right. And, uh, you know, I, but I want to honor you in this church, every one of you that came this morning. Uh, my wife and I have been privileged to travel uh, a lot of different places throughout the country, different parts of the world, and to see, be in services, see the power of God move. And I love it when I get to walk into a place and it's easy. People are already expecting God to do something because you just feel the presence of God so strong. And I've learned this. It doesn't matter where you are, what language you're speaking in, which cultures are accounted for in that particular congregation. If there are people that are believers, that love the Lord, that will lift their hands, that will worship, that will pray, that will dance, that will jump and shout, that Jesus is in the midst of the praises of those people. And so I'm grateful to be here in this house where you have worshiped, where you have loved God, where you're going to continue to stretch forth your faith, and God is going to move here today. Amen. I'm grateful to be in this house with you. And thank you, Pastor, for the privilege. If you love your pastor, his wife, and their, their family and the whole leadership, would you show them a little bit of love right now with a hand clap? There you go. That's all right. I just wanted to know I don't have to change the message here this morning. So I'm grateful and we want to honor the visitors that are in this house. You obviously are in the right place with the man and woman of God that love God and the people respect. And so we're grateful for that. I also want to honor my wife, uh, who I love very much. She's up here in the front. And my son, who you will hear, amen, and worship me, or worship the Lord, excuse me, worship with me. Amen. I've been teaching him and trying to train him to worship the Lord and to be quite honest with you, I'm not sure that it's working. I know he's shouting at some point during the, the service. I'm not sure if it's because he's hungry or he's worshiping God. But either way, you will hear him. 
and uh, just worship along with him. That's all I ask. Is that all right? <laughs> amen, amen. So I also want to honor them and love them. Luke 18, do you have it? Would you say amen if you have it? All right. And I think they're going to get it on the screen. Is that good? Thank you. For those of you that don't have it, Luke 18 and verse 2, the Bible says, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, he said, Yet because his widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Or if I can put it in today's terms, basically I'm going to answer her need or her request because she keeps on bugging, you know, because she keeps on coming and asking. And so verse 6 says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? And he's talking about us. How many of you are the elect of God? Amen. You are chosen by God. Is that any of us here today? Would you say amen if that's you? He says, uh, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with him. He said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. And I want to ask that you would put your Bibles to one side. Let's ask the Lord to be with us here today, to align our hearts with his word. In the name of Jesus, would you lift your hands right now where you're at? Would you lift your voice? And would you just begin to pray with me, everybody in this house? Would you go ahead right now? Would you lift your voice? Jesus, we thank you. Come on, everybody in this place, would you lift your voice right now? Don't wait on me. Just touch the throne for a moment. Jesus, we thank you for what you're going to do. We know that you are ready to avenge the elect of God, each and every one of us here today. You are ready to answer our prayer. and We give you glory. We honor you. We worship your name, Jesus, for your Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Uh, Lord, I thank you. Would you anoint my mind and would you loose my tongue, God, to speak your word. And I pray the, the gift of faith would flow into this atmosphere here today in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we love you. Would you give the Lord a big round of applause? Would you clap your hands? If that casual hand clap was for me, it'd be all right. But can we do it for Jesus? Can we really clap your hands unto the Lord right now? If Jesus has saved you, I still see a couple people giving a pretty hand clap. Would you really get outside of your comfort zone? I'm talking about the one that has saved us from the grips of hell, the one that has shed his blood for us, the one whose mercy is new every morning. Do that one more time. I feel Jesus. Do that one more time. Let's just give God glory. Jesus, turn to your neighbor, tell him you love them, tell him you like what they're wearing, shake their hand, go ahead, all around you. After that, you may be seated.
to talk to you for a brief moment, and I won't be long, um, but I will finish when you respond. All right, I'll say it again so some of you that are waking up can still can get what I'm saying. I won't be long, but I'll finish when you respond. Is that all right? Okay, so we could be here all night or just a few short moments. And uh, just a quick disclaimer, I am the type of preacher that if you feel like shouting, running, jumping, running the aisles, jumping the pews, whatever it is. I mean, we've got a church, a guy in my dad's church, he does cartwheels. He used to be a gymnast in the world, and he got saved, and I promise, he does it in the Holy Ghost, and he goes down the aisle doing cartwheels. If you feel like doing that, you go on and do that. I, I promise if you do it, it, it won't be something I haven't seen before, all right? Amen. But I want you to do it in the Holy Ghost because we're going to let God have his way. And when he gets moving, I'm going to get out the way and let Jesus do what he's got to do. Is that all right? Amen. I, uh, I believe that there are many different types of faith and that most of all, it is important, it is necessary to have faith to walk with God. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so I heard a message by Brother Cunningham. He was preaching this, and he said on a message, he said, you know what? There is no other chapter in the Bible like the book of Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, by faith, Enoch, Enoch was not, and by faith, Abraham became a father of many nations, and by faith, and it goes on and on and on about how by faith Sarah went ahead and, and, and had Isaac and, and gave birth to a promise. It was all by faith. There's no other chapter, no other book in the Bible in where it says by prayer or by fasting or by reading the word or by even by giving or any of those things whatsoever, by having the right humble attitude or this and that. It only says that by faith these great things took place because the reality is that you can come to the front of the church or to the altar and you can lift your hands and say, God, will you forgive me? But if you have no faith, you're wasting your time. You can give all of your money in the offering, but if you have no faith that if you give that you shall receive and that God will reward you and he will open the floodgates and pour out a blessing you can't contain, then, then you are just wasting your time and your money. But if you come believing and you come Come with faith and you come to the altar saying, I know that Jesus can do something. I'm not worried if he will or if he does or if he doesn't, but I have faith that he can and I have faith and believe and know that he will here today. And so it's by faith that we will receive the miracles promised to us in the word of God. By nothing else, not even if you shout loud enough or dance good enough. Man, I've been to some churches where they can outdance any. I've seen them that know how to dance, and I've seen them that certainly have no rhythm whatsoever. Anybody seen anybody like that before? You know, they are offbeat three times over, you know, and they're just a doom, to doom, to doom, you know. And, uh, and anyway, I won't, I won't give out any names of any churches, but it's out there, believe it or not. 
And uh, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how exactly you do what you do, but if you have faith while you are doing it, I'm telling you that God will honor that. And I remember uh, I asked God, I said, God, I want to see you do uh, something I've never seen you do before. I was, I was, I was crazy in my mind, filled with faith, and I was, I was uh, helping. I was going with the preacher to go and help him just pray with people at the altar. And, and Jesus responded to me right away when I asked that request, and he said, All right, what do you want to see me do? Now, anyone that's prayed any time at all, you know that Jesus does not respond right away all the time. Amen? Some of you are still praying prayers, waiting for God to answer that prayer. You've been praying them for years. And so when Jesus responds right away, my first bit of advice to you is go big. Is that all right? Why not? You know he's in a prayer answer mood. He's listening. He's talking back. You know, I might as well just go big on that that next request. And so I went ahead and I said, well, God, and I searched around in my mind, well, I'd like to see you uh, maybe heal, heal a cancer. I'd like to see you heal cancer, and I want to see it done in the name of Jesus. And I got no response after that. And shortly after, my own uncle was diagnosed with cancer. And I thought, man, how in the world this could happen? He had never been sick like that before. And I remember going over to my father's church down in Southern California about a week or so after that, my uncle was diagnosed with the cancer. And I went to preach. Don't remember what the message was about, which is rare for a preacher to not remember what you preached. And I remember the power of God was moving. Moving and the Holy Ghost was moving. People were getting touched and being healed. And my uncle was in the back. He had just been diagnosed with that cancer in his body, and his demeanor and his spirit was a little bit uh, hindered, you know, in his worship. And he was a little bit sad about things. And I remember he was just there, kind of in the back. And and I know he believed and he had faith. And God said, Jesse, now's the time. I want you to command the cancer in his body to leave and command the spirit of death to go. And so I reached forth uh, to the back of that congregation and my uncle had his hands lifted up, was worshiping God and I said, I command the cancer in your body to leave and I command that spirit of death to go now in the name of Jesus. I want you to realize something the Bible never said to go and pray for the sick but Jesus said to go and heal the sick. Why? Because you have power to command the sickness to go and if you really got Jesus living on the inside then that sickness has to obey the authority of Jesus Christ that lives inside of you. I want to tell you that a few days later, we've got a call from my uncle. He said, man, I just walked out of the doctor's office and I've got no more cancer in my body. They can't explain it. They don't know what to say. It's been over three years and he is still cancer free. I'm telling you today that's that same Jesus that's in this building here in O'Fallon, Missouri. That's that same healer that's here today in this. If you believe that here, will you clap your hands? I didn't come to church to see what you were wearing or even to hear what the preacher was going to say. I came to see what Jesus was going to do. And when he gets to doing it, I'll get out the way and he can have his way here today.
And so we're going to get desperate for Jesus to do a miracle. You see, there's so many times where people of God say, well, I've tried before. I've prayed before, preacher. I've come to the altar in revival last time, and I believe, but nothing happened. Nothing changed. Matter of fact, my situation got worse than it was. Let me introduce you to the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says in Mark 5, verse 24, that Jesus went with him, talking about a man named Jairus and much people followed him and they thronged him meaning that they were all around him they pushed and shoved just to get to Jesus you can imagine Jesus walking maybe through this city let's say in this present day the man Christ Jesus in his physical body would come down and walk through this city you can imagine here that people would surround him all over I'll tell you there is no one in this room that would be able to get to him before me that would be the urgency that people would have been around him on that day and a certain woman which had an issue of blood the Bible says 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered the Bible says she didn't get any better for 12 years and to go even further the Bible is very specific in what it says and it says rather grew worse I want you to really think about that for a moment because this woman would have walked into the doctor's office, spent so much money, spent so much time, and sick already in her body would have walked out even worse than when she walked in. You really think about that for a moment. Can you imagine how much doubt that could bring into someone's mind and spirit? So that way by the time that Jesus does get to her city, she might just say, well, you know what, I've already tried. I know he'll do it. I know he's a healer. How many of you, you have said this? Don't raise your hand. Don't nod your head. I've seen some looks right now and some big eyes. You know, oh, that's me. And you sat there, well, I know Jesus can do it, but I tried for me, and he, he'll do it for you. He'll heal you. Yeah, why don't you go up? Why don't you go ahead and believe this time? And That could have been, that should have been the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she was worse than when she walked in, closer to death than she was closer to life. Do you understand what I'm saying here? It spent all her money and all her time. And now she finds out that Jesus Christ, this healer, is walking through her city, is coming through her town. It was, should have been easy for her to sit back and say, well, I'm not even going to show up to where Jesus is because I've already tried everything else. The Lord spoke to me and said, every one of those physicians, I'm not preaching against doctors, we've got one, we believe in all that, they're at work in the kingdom as well, but I remember the Lord speaking to me and said, you know what, every one of those physicians, everything that she tried was just another opportunity or just another option that was not Jesus, and because it was another option that was not Jesus, then all it was was an opportunity for the enemy to inflict doubt and to take of her faith. And so on that day, she should have been sitting there maybe with her arms crossed and said, you know what, Uh, there's too many people in front of Jesus. Uh, It'll be too hard to get there and actually get a miracle. I mean, how in the world would me, sick in my body, 12 years, losing blood every moment of the day, how in the world would I even get to where Jesus is? It's impossible. I might as well stay home and in the comfort of my home and just do what I'm doing. I might as well come to church and just let everybody else get a miracle. 
miracle. You know, it might be too difficult uh, in this particular service. You don't know what I went through uh, to get to church this morning. My wife and I were arguing. My husband and I were going at it. My kids don't want to serve God. You don't realize, uh, preacher, the things that I've been through. Uh, I'm telling you, that woman should have had every rightful excuse in the book. Uh, but she decided uh, on that day, I'm going to get desperate uh, to get a miracle from Jesus. Uh, you better get out of my way because I'm not going to leave until I touch the hem of his garment. I'm not going to stop until I touch the hem of his garment. Some of you say, well, I'm not going to worship like those crazy people. I'm not going to do it like them. I grew up in church. I know what it's like to go ahead and, and worship the right way. and I know what it's like to worship this way and that way. And when I see those crazy people, I get a little bit nervous. We had a, a guy in my dad's church. He did a $180 worth of meth. They call it an eight ball worth of meth every single day. Guy was losing his mind, absolutely. And he was filled with the he got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. I mean, it was powerful to see the glow on his face. A, a man that was literally lost, he lost his mind and been in all kind of psych wards and all kind of different mental hospitals. And I would watch him now redeemed in the blood and redeemed and washed by Jesus Christ. And he would get up to the front and he did not know how to do a good Pentecost clap or a good Pentecostal worship. It wasn't in his body. It wasn't within his mind. And when he really wanted something from Jesus and he would really, really worship, this is how he would some of you might think that's crazy. Uh, some of you might be looking at me funny, uh, saying, man, that's weird if somebody did that. Uh, but I'm here to let you know that man didn't care what anybody thought about him. Uh, he didn't care what the crowd would say. Uh, he didn't care what was going on. Uh, all he knew is Jesus uh, is in the building. Uh, and it doesn't matter what I look like. Uh, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. Uh, it doesn't matter how I clap. Uh, I'm going to do something to get Jesus' attention uh, until something. Something happens. Well, I think a few of you are convinced, but what about the rest of you that say, you know what, hell's been on my back. Why don't you tell the enemy, get out of here in the name of Jesus. I'm not sitting down. I'm not going to be quiet because the God I serve is greater than any situation I've been through. The God I serve is greater than any valley I'm going through. The God I serve is greater than any sickness in my body. We're going to get desperate for Jesus to do a mirror. Would you clap your hands one more time? Would you really receive that into your spirit? Go ahead. Jesus is going to do it today. Are you ready for that? You know, there's people with other holy books and other religions. They're at services serving whatever God it is that they serve, maybe on a Saturday or Sunday or throughout the week. They're fasting and praying and offering alms to Buddha and Muhammad and Allah and everybody else and every other religion. But I want you to realize something, that there is a difference. 
not trying to offend nobody, just speak the truth, that's all. The difference is this, when they preach those holy books uh, and those proverbs and those scriptures, uh, nothing happens. How many you believe that? But when Jesus came onto the scene and he began to speak the word, he said, the, the Peter said, "You, where are we going to go? You have the words to eternal life. Uh, and they realized that it was true. Why? Because when they brought the lame man down to the roof, uh, Jesus said, go, your sins have, for, have been forgiven. Rise up and walk. And the man got up and walked. Uh, Peter and John later tested it out and said, hey, we're going to try this out. Uh, walked up to the lame man right there in front of the gate uh, and said, you know what? Uh, in, in silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Uh, they picked Pick that man up. Give me your hand, son. They picked that man up and they began walking, running and leaping in the temple. I'm telling you today that when we preach the name of Jesus and we preach this word, there is a difference because things begin to happen. So I didn't come to church to have church. I came to see what Jesus is going to do, whose cancer he's going to heal, whose disease he's going to set free, whose blind eye he's going to open, whose deaf ear he's going to unstop, whose revival he's going to have in that building or in that home, whose depression he's going to set free, whose fear he's going to liberate here today in the name of Jesus. Would you clap your hands one more time because Jesus is in this building and every devil that's tried to come in is afraid of what's about to happen. We're going to get desperate to touch the hem of his garment. We're going to get desperate to touch the hem of his garment. I feel something happening now. How about you? I feel something happening now. How about you? Hey, it can happen right now. Nobody said we got to preach 45 minutes. Uh, all we've got to do is get, get to where Jesus is moving in the building, uh, get to where the water is being stirred, uh, and somebody's got to jump in. Uh, so I want to know right now who in there, who is ready uh, for Jesus to do a miracle, who says, I'm not waiting for the rest of the sermon. Uh, I'm not waiting for the rest of the There's one right there. Get on down here. Uh, don't wait for anything else. Uh, I want you to run down here uh, if you've got a week wheelchair, get out and walk. If you've got a cane, throw it down and believe. That's it right now. If you've got hearing aids, take them out and believe. Jesus is going to do it now. Some of you are convinced. Come on. What about the rest of you? Some of you are convinced. Tomorrow's not promised unto you. Uh, I'm not living like this any longer. Unless Jesus told you you're supposed to live that way, uh, you're not supposed to live that way. Uh, unless Jesus says uh, you're going to live that way, uh, I'm telling you, you can be free right now. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Would you pray a moment longer? Go ahead, that's all right. Go ahead, that's it. In the name of Jesus, something's happening now. Something's happening in your body now. That's it. Now, Jesus' name, I rebuke every spirit coming against your mind. Now, in the name of Jesus, believe, believe, believe. That's it. There's faith all over you right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not waiting. Jesus, that's it. From head to toe.
Something's happening. Something's happening. Oh, Fallon is going to know that Jesus reigns amongst above every other religion, above every other faith. Oh, Fallon is going to know that Jesus lives, that Jesus reigns, that there's no king greater than King Jesus. I want you to stop praying. God's begun to do a few things right now. Let me get your attention for a moment. Hear me. Let me get your attention. Stay on the floor. It's all right. You don't have to get up. That's okay. Stay where you're at. You don't have to be seated. We're, we're, we're through. Jesus is working. We're going to let him do that. But I feel to say one more thing because there are people that believe. Now, this is how churches sometimes operate with their people that are going to get it. It's going to happen. No matter who you are, no matter what you preach, they're going to make it. They're going to believe. But there are people also that God has got to work on. God's touching. God's moving on. Some that say, you know, I, I, I need to hear a word from God. And so the Lord is going to connect you right now with what's going on here. Because this is for everybody. Whether you're sick in your body, whether you're not. whether you're, You know, some of you going through situations at home. Some of you have been saved. Some of you on this leadership staff been saved are walking with God, loving the Lord, but you don't know how to shake the fear. You don't know how to shake the depression. You don't know how, how, how to be set free from what's going on around you. you. Your family's been attacked in different ways. The sickness and has begun to creep in and doubt has begun to settle in slowly but surely and faith is being taken out little by little. And before you know it, you get to the church where miracles are going to happen just like this, where there should be plenty more believers believing that Jesus is going to do it. You say, man, I, I hope he does it this time. I'm not sure if you will. No, no, no. God wants you to come believing. The woman did everything that she possibly could. You see the disciples talked against her. Hey, hey, get out of here. You're not even supposed to touch this holy man of God. You're unclean in your body. What are you doing? Get out of the way. Most of us uh, would get hurt if someone had said something about us uh, here in the church or in another church or in another place. Uh, they don't like the way I worship. They don't like the way I do this or that or the other. But right now all that represents is the crowd uh, and all you've got to do is get forth and just like that woman step forth and say get out of my way I'm going to find another way I'm going to find a different way I've got to get to where Jesus is today I'll say this last thing there was a man in Oregon he was lame in his body from his waist down 20 something years old never walked a day in his life and as he was there in that service that he found his way up to the front as they brought him over they would carry this grown man into the service uh, from his apartment to the truck from the truck to the service they would sit him down two other grown men would do that to this man because he wasn't able to walk uh, and so they would go ahead and he sat down in that front row and I remember he tugged on my coat he said hey I want to walk right now 
now. I believe that Jesus can heal my body. I'm not sure whether the man had the Holy Ghost or had been baptized. The church had only started six months before that. And he said, I want to walk right now. And I said, all right, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And so he showed the Lord his first step of faith. And he stood up with his arms. He used his arms to push himself up. And he began walking about one and two and three and four and five steps. And about that fifth step, he fell into my arms in front of the entire church. But I want to say something. I remember the atmosphere. I'm going to get to the rest of the story. The atmosphere was set by this. There was an assistant pastor's wife that began to roll on the floor as she was worshiping. Because, and this was not something to everyone watch what I'm doing. It was not something, you know, everyone, I want you to see my worship. It was true, sincere worship. And what the Lord showed me is in that moment, as she began to do that, the Bible says this, the enemy is the prince of the air, right? And so when you begin to run, when you begin to shout, when you begin to clap and wave and dance in the, the air that is that belongs to the prince of this world, which is the enemy, then you as a believer begin to establish that this is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you begin to walk and shout Jesus, you shout hallelujah. As you're clapping your hands now, you're letting the enemy know this air does not belong to you on this Sunday morning the kingdom of heaven is at hand and when the kingdom of heaven falls sicknesses begin to leave diseases begin to go in the name of Jesus blind eyes are open and deaf ears are unstopped because the kingdom of heaven is here and so this assistant pastor's wife began to roll all over the floor, all over the floor, and that man's faith was lifted because the enemy could no longer inflict doubt into his spirit. And in that moment, he began to walk. He fell into my arms, and I said, "Sir, do you want to walk?" Very politely, I didn't want to embarrass him. Do you still want to walk? And do you want Jesus to heal you? Most of us in that moment might have said, "Well, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and try next week, sir?" You know, everyone has already seen me fall. It didn't happen the first time. I don't know if it'll really happen right now. I'm in front of the entire congregation. I'm not sure what's going to happen. And that man, as there he was, he said, yes, I want to walk right now. It was a fervency, a desperation in his faith that said, if Jesus is here, I don't care what they say. If Jesus is here, I don't care how it looks. I don't care how long it takes. I'm not leaving until something happens. A few moments later, as we continued walking, that man said, I feel a heat going up my legs. What's going on? I feel something happening to my legs. He wasn't even able to feel. And by the end of that service, he walked down the center aisle all by himself as the power of Jesus began to touch that lame man's body. And he walked for the first time in his life. I'm here to let you know that Jesus is getting ready to do a miracle in your life. So those that have first come up, they will receive double portions. They will absolutely for their faith. But I, I believe there is more here going on. And I'd like us to do this together. Would you grab your neighbor's hand around you very quickly where it is appropriate. And I'd like you real simple. This is super spiritual. Bring them down to this altar. We're going to pray as a family together. Come. Come quickly. Come quickly. We're going to pray. When you get to this altar, you can drop their hands because this is going to be an individual prayer.
Come quickly, come quickly, please. Would you gather in a bit closer, some of you ladies in the front, so that way people that are coming in the back...